Hey guys, it's Mike, aka Go Guy Go, and I'm back again with another podcast, but not a get to know your league mate. We're nearly complete. We have another episode coming up, which is going to feature yours truly. But before that, we've got something very special for you. I got a special guest come back into the house. We're going to go over something pretty fun and exciting that I'm going to try and make a an annual to do and make a rather big deal out of it. So, uh, would you guys welcome in? Josh, aka the Multi Beast, he's back here. He's back in action. Uh, what brings you back? Hey guys, and Mike, thanks. This is uh, I'm going to give you credit here to make this a podcast. Uh, I know you have appreciated my uh, postseason awards. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing it, and uh, I mentioned this uh, get to know you podcast. But uh, I knew we had a good group. You guys just let me talk uh, a lot of shit and pump my own team up, and uh, uh, you didn't take it personally. Uh, you had a good laugh over it, and uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I, I enjoy uh, looking back, uh, especially, you know, this is half week. Uh, we're getting ready, kind of start of a new season, uh, but you can learn a lot looking back and, and seeing how things turned out. So, uh, yeah, this should be a lot of fun. All right, so just a quick recap, guys. Uh at the end of the season, this is many, many weeks ago now, uh, and we missed a great opportunity, and we're going to try and bring it back to the forefront here, is Josh shared with us his end-of-season awards. Some of them were were very close and near and dear to my heart because they featured some of the mistakes that I made. Uh, I thought them to be quite, quite entertaining, and it's nice to reflect and have some fun because, again, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. So uh, he shared the idea. I think it's great and fabulous. We're going to bring it in, man. We're going to embrace this. Uh, so today we're going to do two things. The first part is we're going to hash out the 2020 end of season awards. After that, because we are getting close to uh, the draft coming up this Saturday, we're less than a week away, that we are going to redraft the 2020 rookies. So Josh and I are going to figure out who our top 20 rookies are and where we would take them. So we're going to alternate that. But before we get into it, first things first, uh, let's dive into those awards. Let's let's see how we did in 2020. So, Josh, um, do you want to give us a, a bit of history of why you came up with this and where, where it all came from? Yeah, yeah, I think I had done this in my redraft. Um, again, just kind of a good opportunity to needle some of your uh, fellow league mates um, and, uh, you know, give yourself uh, take a victory lap, whether deserved or not. Uh, that's definitely kind of how I approach it. And, uh, you know, I kind of saw it as uh, some of these will be a, a regular award we should do each year. Um, but I think everyone, you know, they they look at a post like this and th- they want to see uh, they want to see the take on their own team. So I make sure everyone features in here somewhere. So I also put in a couple random awards. They'll probably change year to year. All right. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's um, let's get started. So the first award that we've got to give away is rookie draft best pick goes to yeah yeah exactly so at the uh, again like you said mike um this was written at the end of the season so uh, it looked pretty clear to me at the time that it had to be uh 506 uh my pick of james robinson my my final draft pick um you know i'm not going to pretend i'm um some film savant or anything but you know, at that stage, the picks are moving a little slower. So you pull up a couple guys and he looked good. You know, he was decisive runner, uh, had a little more wiggle than you might think. Um, but really more than anything, it was just a, a bet again. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, this isn't uh, too much of a victory lap because I uh, promptly traded him away. Um, you know, I, I think it's these uh, undrafted free agents. Um, obviously, we know now that... Uh, Robinson uh, wasn't going to be a long-term play with a with a draft pick of ETN or, you know, you even look at a guy like Philip Lindsay, like what more could he have done right? And uh, he still didn't get to keep the job. Um, so, yeah, I moved on from him. Um, it was pretty painful uh, last year. He was RB4, um, but may, you know, may, maybe in the end, not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's still an incredible pick when you think about it, right? Like, it's not just you're, you're tooting your own horn here, but in all of the drafts I was, and I had to go back and look, no one outside of you drafted James Robinson. So in, like, the 10 leagues that I finished last year, 
No one drafted James Robinson. He was a waiver wire pickup. Some people, they got ahead of the curve, and as soon as it was announced, Leonard Fournette was gone. Guys are grabbing up every running back. And you, in, in advance of all of that happening, you still grabbed James Robinson at the 506, which is still an impressive draft pick. And, and if he hadn't turned out, it would have been just like a like, – like most fifth-round picks, it would have been an absolute dart throw – and you would have been cutting them midseason or right about now before uh, we get into our next draft. Well, but a good honorable well, mention. The reason, huh? go ahead. No, 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 no. You, um, you were gonna help help explain. Go ahead, Ned. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, you know, uh, you know. Again, I can't take too much credit here. Uh, I took um, a couple picks before him. I had two in that round. I took uh, Raymond Calais, uh from Tampa, who I'm not sure he ever even uh, made the team. Uh, and I, and I actually cut Robinson, um, preseason before I added him again. So, you know, got a little lucky on that one, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I, I hope to hit on one of those again this year for sure. Oh man. I didn't realize you had cut him and then picked him I did. Him. I did. Oh yeah. man. Even better. So yeah. you had, you had, oh, I'll take a fly on him. Cut yep. him. I'm like, ah, oh, no, yep. I better get him back. Yeah, okay. exactly. Now exactly. honorable mention here. Yeah, and honestly, it, it looks real close now. I, I wonder if this was the pick of the draft, and that was uh, Isex Medal at 109 getting Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, I, I was high on him. Um, I, I feel like some of these guys that just play the slot, they get underrated. I think he was supposed to go end of first, early second. Yeah, um, he was still Isaac, a first-round pick, but he went to Minnesota, yep. and people didn't believe in Kirk I, I still think. Most people believe he's an underrated quarterback. Like he's just not there, but Justin Jefferson, man, he lit it up last year. Big time, big time, you know, and, and guys like Rager and Judy, he obviously outperformed him year one. No reason to think he won't do it again this year. And, you know, there's a reason, uh, ice X metal, uh, got to hoist that trophy, right? That's right. Draft picks come play. If you can get, Good value in your draft picks, right? Really capitalize on it, man. You, um, it, it pays dividends by by all means, yeah. All right, so moving along, we've got award number two. This is the rookie draft biggest bust. Now I'm going to put some some caveat to this. So definition of biggest bust is uh, the higher the draft pick you went, you you were expected to return some form of value, right? So that's kind of the context of the definition of bust. Am I wrong in that assumption? No, I think that's right. Yeah, okay, know, so yeah, Here and there go. were a couple. There were a couple guys in the first round, you know, kind of in the running. But the fact that Donnie had this happen back to back, I couldn't resist taking this one. Um, you know, and and those are two guys: um, two hundred one Jalen Rager, two hundred two Denzel Mims. These guys, you know, they both looked kind of boom and bust. Um, I feel like Rager had. Um, I can't remember if it was route running or, you know, there were some blemishes and Mims was definitely pretty raw. So, you know, there, there, there was a bit of a gamble here, but what really made this hurt was uh, the guys to follow. Uh, I mean, you had Ayuk, Pittman, T Higgins, Chase Claypool, you know, all these guys went in the second round. So uh, definitely stung a little for Donnie. I can only imagine how much that, that hurt. And he went in all the places that we, we drafted together. He targeted those guys quite quite frequently. A lot of people did. A lot yeah, of people like did. you, you, I um, I'm very sensitive when it comes to my receivers, and how how I value and where I put put uh, guys top of my board. Um, Rager and Mims did not f- fall to places. I didn't like their situations. Their situations steered me clear of of picking them. Anywhere, I don't own Rager or Mims in like any situation because they just—I did not like where they ended up. Honestly, I traded down in the second um, to pick up a couple third rounders because I, I didn't really—I I knew I'd be staring down Denzel Mims. I didn't—I didn't want it. The Jets, you know. No, um, this year though, maybe we'll we'll discuss this a little bit later. But I like the situation the Jets are in now over last year, right? So if I'm staring down the the draft and my choice is say Denzel Mims or in this case Elijah Moore, right? That's that's the rookie receiver they drafted this year. I'd rather take my shot on Elijah Moore under a new coach and a new system 
uh, with Zach Wilson as their QB versus trying to take a shot at Denzel Mims on a coach who's probably headed out the door on a quarterback who has shown he hasn't, hasn't got it yet. Right. Like that's, that was my thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, last podcast, I was uh, throwing a lot of shade on the jets um, that they would mess up the QB pick, but I'm, I'm warming a little. I, I like what they did in the draft. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting. And you, you got to think Mims is going to get another shot at this thing here. Oh, for sure. I think um, I like the uh, the footballers and how they talk about Adam Gase being a, a butthead. Anybody who uh, who survives his tenure tends right. to have a, a rebound and a resurgence. So I give those guys a bit of a uh, bit of a break. I think they have a, the, the slate is clean. They'll yeah. get a new shot at it. Yeah, agreed. All right. So award number three, we've got Waiver Gem of the Year. Now, you, I like your selection here. It's not the obvious James Robinson, which would have been my go-to um, thought here, but your selection, which I can totally escaped me um, until I read it. So who's the winner of the Waiver Gem of the Year? Uh, this one goes to Bryce, Robert Tanyan, a $0 bid, and he ended up being the tight end three. Which is a guy I've n- never heard of until last nope. year. And you know what? I love uh, I love what Bryce did here because if you don't have one of these elite tight ends, why not, you know, just be taking shots, take a bunch of bites at the apple, hope you hit on a guy that just gets one of those crazy um, uh, touchdown spike years. Uh, and, and honestly, like, Rodgers, he doesn't usually target the tight end that much. I mean, you got to go – like Jermichael Finley, like you got to go way back before he, he really targeted his tight end. So um, really, uh, really impressive pick by Bryce. No, it was, it was great. I actually hope that Robert Tonyan stays relevant. Maybe not yeah. so much in the uh, targets and yards category, but as a, as a touchdown uh, threat for Rodgers, if he decides to keep playing for the Packers. I hope he stays relevant. Yeah, agreed. He was fun to watch. Now, honorable mention here. I want you to uh, uh, throw this one out here. I like this one too. It's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. I would, I I, I um, took myself again here. Miles Gaskin, thirty-one dollars. Um, you know, this is a guy. Um, week one, you know, you 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 spend a third of your fab budget. You know, not something you do in a redraft, but in dynasty, honestly, you don't get that many uh, relevant guys coming off the wire. So you just no. take your shot. And, uh, you know, uh, Miami's a team that likes to, you know, give one guy the ball, kind of have their workhorse. So, again, got a little lucky here, especially uh, yeah. post-draft. I, I was thinking that, you know, I might be able to spot start him last year. It looks like uh, he could even have another year of fantasy relevancy here. Which is super sweet. And if I remember correctly, uh, Donnie drafted Miles Gaskin the year before. And okay. rode the bench, had him hanging out, and then Donnie's – I think that's how it happened. I, uh, decided to, to cut him, and there he saw it uh, in Wasteland. Totally thinking, ah, oh, he's a bust. He's not going anywhere. And then the situation changes, right? There he is. Starting and proving that he can play. Yep. Yep. Wow. All right. Now we're at award number four. Now this one, yep. this one, this one's interesting. Uh, well, I'm sure we're going to have some discussion about it. But worst drop of the year. And it's not Miles Gaskin. Nope. <laughs> so uh, went with Cole Komet. Uh, go guy, go. And That's again, nice. it's, yep. It's it's uh, it's all about the tight end here, Mike. You know, it's uh, just the lack of depth out there in the league. Um, you know, and it, honestly, one of the themes as I went back through this preparing for the podcast is uh, a lot of these um, have only kind of trended further in the same direction. Like they look even worse now post draft. Uh, you know, you got an offense maybe on the rise with Field coming in. Can Komet be that security blanket? So uh, I'm guessing if you had to do it over to, over again, you would have tried to make some room and keep him. I would. Um, I'm a bit of a tight end junkie. I've drafted a tight end in the first two rounds every draft we've been in. Um, I I like your analogy of uh, you got to take your, your bite of the apple, right? You need to, right. because there's not a lot of depth, you need to find somebody. Somebody's going to break out somewhere. And that sometimes takes a while. And there's usually the diamond in the rough that, that gets like Robert Tanyan, right? Not on anybody's radar, but finally hits um, Darren Waller when he finally broke out. Um, and now he stayed consistent, right? So you, you never know. 
Now, Cole Komet, I liked. But I had, I think, six or seven tight ends on my roster at the time. <laughs> and I, I had to make some room. Yep. So I figured, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with the, the super young, unproven, probably a couple years, needs to bake kind of guy. And that's, that's where the Cole Komet cut happened. Hey, I, I've been there. You know, when I inherited this team, um, I cut loose Jonu Smith. Um, I've dropped Gesicki. Uh, it's, it's not a position. I want to roster a lot of guys. So I, I, I hear you on that one. Mm-hmm. Now, honorable mention here. You, yeah, you on, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, Jacoby Myers, slick burn. Um, this is me uh, uh, having to needle slick here and uh, take a bit of a victory lap because I scooped him. Uh, scooped uh, scooped him right up and flipped him uh, as part of the Melvin Gordon deal. To me? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and Jacoby, honestly, I'm not a huge fan. Um, he's still looking good. He'll he'll be a starter. There's no one really behind him at all. But, um, you know, who knows? Offense on the rise again. So, uh, you know. Massive uh, changeover. They got Mac Jones coming exactly. in. Cam Newton still still there. And they, he was number one receiver on that roster. Yep. Um, I could even give you, he had 74 receptions for 748 yards, hmm. which took the largest portion of all of the receptions and yards from that team last year. And it's only his, what, third season going into his third season. So I'm still hopeful for him. Sure. I don't, I don't regret the change. I like Jamal Williams, especially now that he's a lion. Hmm. Um, I was just getting Jamal to as the uh, as the handcuff for Aaron Jones and now he's he's the handcuff to um DeAndre Swift and with the vacancies that exist on that offense he might actually be relevant as a handcuff week to week maybe in a flex play so well we'll see we'll see what way this thing breaks but you know there's a chance that Jamal Williams and Melvin Gordon might not be too far off in value oh, no. this year who knows who knows who knows all right uh Award number five, trade disaster of the year. And I'm going to wear this one. I'm going to wear it bad. But I got a reason at least on, on, on why I did what I did. So what? who won and, and what did you do? Yeah, so, so, so this is you trading away yep. Antonio Gibson uh, yep. over to Donnie, uh, getting back Ryquel Armstead and LaMichael Pirine. Yeah. 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 So, I knew... In your defense, in your defense, I know you have one, but yep. in the moment, you know, uh, both Armstead uh, and P. Ryan ha- had some cachet. You know, you were probably looking to bet against Fournette too. P. Ryan, fresh off the draft, looked like he might be the starter. Uh, in the moment, you know, you could kind of see yep. it, but didn't didn't break your way. No, it did not. Um, I knew, because uh, Donnie and I, at the time, I knew that he was big on Antonio Gibson. We both listened to some of the same podcasts. So we had chatted. I knew he was big on Antonio Gibson. I wasn't absolutely sold. I liked I liked where, where the K was going, and I know that I scooped him um, in the draft ahead of Donnie. Um, so in this case, the news that had broke about uh, Fournette. And I liked Raquel Armstead. Um, I wanted to get him last year. So I was like, you know what? This is it. This is my shot. Donnie really wants Gibson. I'm going to, I'm going to take my, uh, roll my dice. I'm going to take my risk. I want Armstead. And I think LaMichael Pirine might climb that depth chart. Frank Gore can't last forever. He's not that eternal. (laughs) Yeah. No, I was wrong in both cases. Antonio Gibson climbed, performed amazingly, uh, far, far greater than I expected him to do. Uh, Armstead nearly died from COVID. Don't even know if he's going to play football again. Like he had, he had a rough break. Uh, did he get it twice? James. He did. He it's got, he got COVID door. twice. Yeah, that's right. Uh, poor guy. Like, and even now, yeah. like his recovery, like he he's on the roster, but come training camp, he he might be just like cut and let go with a, a medical designation, right? Like he might be just like done, done. And the Michael P. Ryan, the the jury's still out. Uh, again, he survived the uh, the whole roster schmozzle in uh, in, in uh, for the Jets. Uh, he's still there. They they did draft Michael Carter, but they also got Tevin Coleman. Uh, who else did they pick? They pick so the starting job isn't exactly clear, but I think partway through the season should define itself. 
So I'm still holding out hope that Michael P. Ryan's gonna gonna emerge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just hold the stock at this point and hope. For sure. Now you do have an honorable mention here that ties back to our very first award in James Robinson. So tell us about that one. Yeah. So this is me. Um, uh, I'm a pretty ag- aggressive manager. I'm going to go for it if I have a decent team. So I brought in Todd Gurley, knowing the risk. Um, I, I looked at it as kind of a one year rental and uh, you, you know, I gave up a second, got back a fourth, uh, got Gurley, um, might have worked almost. Gurley got a lot of touchdowns, um, but uh, not if you give up the running back for in return. Um, and that was James Robinson. So, yeah, that was a, that was a bitter, bitter pill last year. Is it is it easier to swallow knowing that uh, the Jaguars kind of did James Robinson dirty by going out and getting uh, ETN? I guess so. But I, I mean, I wonder if you can relate to this. I, I feel like for both of these trade disasters for you and me, what? What really hurts is we were right. We drafted the right guy. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't properly value him. We, we gave him away, but we actually hit on the pick. Uh, I think yeah. that's what. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that as yeah. a win. That's a good way of yeah. looking at it. <laughs> All right. Uh, award number six. We got the highest scorer of the year. So that means the person or team that scored the most points in a single week. So who won? Oh, this is ice X medal again. Um, Dwyer's our champion. Yeah, he's just rolling. Um, he he demolished me in week thirteen. Uh, Waller went off. Devonte Adams, Corey Davis, um, who who I had just given away for nothing. No. boy, he really pushed all the right buttons last year. Um, uh, you know that um, uh, securing digs. Uh, I mean, he had Burrow go down. Um, it was really just his draft hall, I guess, you know, not just Burrow, but Jefferson, Taylor, Dobbins, you know, he, he just hit on all these guys and uh, really pushed him over the top. Yep. Uh, from the bottom to the top, right? Like he made some pretty strong moves, uh, acquired Adams in the off season. And um, it looked like, look at his roster, 190 points in a single week. Now in our particular scoring format, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not like he had, two solid quarterbacks um, lighting up the boards. He had like record weeks on several players. So I didn't man. look it up, but I feel like Waller Davis and Adams might have all been over 200 yards or something insane. Like it was just in crazy. Yeah. That was, that was the big uh, Corey Davis. That was his one week. He went 40 points that week. Right. I'm actually, uh, I'm going to look it up uh, right now. And last year in week 13, sorry, he went for 29.7. His biggest game of the year, he had 182 yards uh, and one touchdown with 12 receptions. Yeah, that's that's not bad. Uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, losing to Waller or Adams, that's one thing. But when I inherited this team, there were way too many Titans on it. Uh, Mariota, um, Johnu. Um, I think I had three Tennessee wide receivers and I moved them all on um, for not, for not a lot. Um, maybe I got um, that Houston um, Kiki Kuti in return. Yeah, Actually what you, what you got in the trade, you traded ice X metal yeah. on May 29th. Yeah. Right. You sent Tariq Cohen, Kiki Kuti and a 2023rd and you, uh, you sent That's- back. Corey Davis and a 2022nd. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that stings. I, I I thought that they totally turned it around. Yeah. No, they they became relevant. Now in this case, Kiki Cootie, who's probably not on anybody's radar is sitting there as the lone long-term receiver outside of Brandon cooks. Who's only in his second season as as a Texan. So I'm actually hopeful that uh, he might climb the depth chart. Now they, they acquired and put some other receivers on the team, but Kiki Cootie could, could if Deshaun Watson plays this year, he could rise. He looks great when he plays. He just doesn't play. Yeah, he was just buried on the depth chart, right? You had Will Fuller, you had Brandon Cooks. Um, He's always hurt too, uh, which is like every Texans receiver it seems like. And Hopkins is gone, right? So now he has, 
This is his chance. Everybody has been mo- has moved on. This is his shot. Climb up. Be somebody. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, the next award goes to the biggest spendthrift. Now, this is this is this does not surprise me who's selected here, and I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. You, but go ahead. Who who wins biggest spends spendthrift? Yeah. So like a little beyond the the staple awards here, um, and now I'm. Um, Give these guys something from the bone, and this one went to. Uh, um, you know, it, it was, was a bit of a tough call because we have to spend a single dollar. He had all hundred remaining, uh, but Andy Pry had ninety-five remaining, and he won nine games. So for me, you know, he, he had a few spots: um, Nick Boyle, Patrick Laird, Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, he had some guys he really should have moved on. And honestly, the list doesn't end there. Uh, I think I saw he's still got Willie Sneed, Agumba Wale, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. You know, if, he, if he'd moved on from some of these guys, um, you know, he might have made a little more noise. Yeah, well, he had, a, he had a relatively strong season. He did. Looking at his team right now. This is my buddy, Andrew. We go back yep. a long ways. And I know a lot about him, right? So it made sense. He's not. He doesn't watch the waiver, doesn't uh, doesn't attack it as as some have, um, and myself too. Like I know I'm I'm super cheap. I'm very frugal when it comes to my fab um, because I'm going to wait for the gem. And by the end of the year, I haven't spent much of anything because I missed out on the gems, like the Miles Gaskin pick, for example. Like that, I was that was a great grab. But looking at the depth, yeah, there was there was a couple guys to be had, and uh, no money was spent. So. He can. Uh, he might have to uh, jump back on a, on a later podcast to help help tell a story of why he didn't spend or what what he was looking at or not looking at. So, but that, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, Andrew and I have similar thoughts in that process. Spend when you can, but if you don't, you don't risk it. You don't get anything. And it's more complicated in dynasty. You know, you got to give yep. these guys some time. I'm like I said, I'm aggressive. I'm going to churn over the bottom of my roster, and I'm going to make some mistakes. Um, but in the long run, uh, I think you gain by uh, by taking shots on these guys. For sure. Um, moving along to our second last award to give away for the night is the trade that sounded okay in the moment, but isn't aging well. And I love this one. This, this one is near and dear to my heart here. So who's the winner? Yeah, you guys might be able to guess this. Uh, this is Ice, Me- Ice X Metal pulling in um, digs from Sherman. Um, for Marquise Brown and Christian Kirk. Yeah, that happened October 31st on Halloween, <laughs> right? So start beginning of the season before Diggs really lit it up. He had he had some consistent weeks sitting there at 12 points, 25 points, 12 points, 14 points. Boom, gets, gets traded out. Um, sends away Marquise Brown, who at the time was also on the rise, and Christian Kirk, who was kind of sitting in the middle there. Right, so taking a shot on two guys, it looks like sending away dicks. And when that trade happened, I was like, "Oh man, paid that? I would have." But you don't get what you don't ask for. So, and this is why Ice X Metal is our champ, man. He uh, he sold out for the season. He traded and acquired, and it shows pay off again. Again, give him credit. You know, he's he probably saw something in Buffalo how they changed and digs. I mean, you couldn't single cover the guy. Uh, he, he just was constantly separating from people. So he must have seen something. And, and this is another trade where it, it looks even worse now post-draft where, you know, both Brown and Kirk have some serious competition um, in the wide receiver core. Yeah, it's, um, it's a tough spot that both of those players are in. I liked Kirk. I still like Kirk. And – I think where he's going to get his shot is when AJ Brown is finally done and gone. AJ, we know that. Oh, sorry, AJ. Yeah, sorry, AJ Green. Once AJ Green is uh, is done and gone, it'll be Hopkins. It'll be him. Um, Rondell Moore, he might become a thing. Who knows? Um, and then we know Andy and Andy Isabella. Who was the other young receiver they drafted that didn't pan out? Didn't really uh, light things on fire. Was that Keyshawn Johnson or was that the that year before? I'm well, that could have been Keyshawn Johnson. Could have been. Or Butler. Uh, I forget. Akeem Butler. Oh, I know. Yeah, he was a big bust too. One of those guys. But Christian Kirk is still the return specialist. Right? So as long as he's still able to, to do those kick returns, I think he's going to maintain a roster spot 
and fight for that wide receiver three. And they have done four receiver sets. So I think I think he'll still see some good traction as long as he can stay relevant. I think next year, that's a guy who could really, really climb the roster and may become relevant. Because I don't know how much longer uh, Hopkins is is destined to uh, to play for them. I don't know how long his contract's for. I don't see AJ Green lasting more than a year. So here's here's hoping he turns he turns it around. I think Brown Brown. He improved dramatically towards the end of the season, as did the um, offense for uh, the Ravens. But with those two other, uh, Talon Wallace, I think, and Rashad Bateman, right? Like that. That's yep. them. If anything, I hope those they Im- they throw more often, so they increase the size of the pie. But they actually spread the field open, so it's not just Marquise Brown that's the only target that they actually open up other avenues so they can spread it back and forth between those guys, which should give Marquise a bit more of an opportunity to get those, uh, get those receptions and run after the catch scenarios. I, I totally buy that. Absolutely. All right. Um, last one, last one of the night folks. This is it. After this, we're packing it up. We're closing it up until next year. So the last award titled, non-contender rostering just way too many 30 plus year olds and the winner is <laughs> this one went to sh send um at the time he had uh ap jimmy graham um ingram Foles, and my favorite alfred morris oh it's <laughs> just it just hurts to hear so at least he made the cut of alf but everyone else is still there and uh you know, I feel uh, I feel a little hypocritical on this one because I I'm a little uh, over invested in the 30 year olds myself. But uh, you know, I was trying to sell out. If you're if you're in a rebuild, you you gotta you gotta move on from these guys. You gotta move on, man. You you gotta you gotta cut. And there's different times of the year where some of these guys will have more value than um, than other times of the year. So, for example, I'll give you. Uh, he's got as of right now, uh, Adam Thielen. Getting old. He's 31. He's going to be 32 when the season starts. Sorry, he's 30. 31 when the season starts. And uh, he's now the wide receiver, too, on a team that is continuing to to get younger and look for talent. Still going to be relevant, but it's going to be hard to sell him right now. But come teams that are looking to make that playoff run, if he's not, if he's not in the playoff contention at that point, man, you got to sell, sell feeling because next year on your roster i think it's just a it's just gonna clog you up he's gonna be like the next aj brown the cliff comes quick oh, sorry. AJ Green. Nice. Oh, too many ages <laughs> sorry you were saying that the cliff comes too fast sometimes it does it does i'm feeling it you know i got a rapidly aging roster uh you know when you reach that point everyone sees it's tough to tough to move some of these guys yeah but his yep. his roster in general still looks pretty hot. DK Metcalf, yep. Chase Claypool, uh, DJ Shark is sitting there, and I have high hopes for him now with uh, Trevor Lawrence going to the team. Christian McCaffrey sitting on his bench, so there's some good options to build around. That's for sure. He's not out no man's land. All yeah, right, man. Yeah, well, hey, that was. Oh, go ahead. No, totally agreed. You know, uh, again. Uh, this is a little uh, tongue in cheek here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, picking guys apart <laughs> uh, on these little things. Uh, I love how competitive this league is and uh, clearly everyone's uh, taking it seriously and into it. Well, thank you again for putting this together. It is fun. It's, it's nice to hash out. And what I'd like to do is I'd like to make this an annual event. When our season ends, the champion is crowned a week or two afterwards once you you've dissected all your data and you you've put this together that we come back together we we do this again we make it an annual thing and and we we share the joys and pains of of what we've done throughout throughout the year and maybe next year let's not focus so much on all the tragedies that i faced okay yeah exactly i love it (laughs) okay all right guys this is where we're gonna uh, jump into to part two we're we're approaching one of the longest episodes that I have posted to date. So I appreciate you hanging out and sticking with us. And I promise you the next little bit, it's going to be super fun. You're going to enjoy it. 
So stick around, and we're going to get into the 2020 Rookie Redraft. Now, how we're going to play this is we're going to alternate picks. I get the first pick, Josh gets the second, and we're going to alternate all the way back. Now, I'm going to hope that uh, we don't get too wild and crazy with our picks, but we get to uh, chat a little bit about each one as we make it um, to kind of like explain and justify because I'm looking at our top 20 rankings and there's a there's a, a bit of disparity between where I value versus where Josh value guys. So this should be uh, this should be interesting. Josh, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Uh, pick 101, I think is pretty clear is going to be uh, Jonathan Taylor. Right, I don't think there's any any running back that showed more promise, and even even in most rookie drafts, he was either going to be the one or the two. And uh, I forget where where he went. Was he the first overall pick in our rookie draft? He was. He was okay. So like that made total sense. He took a little while. He was a slow burn to start, but when he caught on fire, man, that turned to a raging firestorm. So for me, clear cut one one. Yeah, and what I love about it is uh, the receptions. Um, he caught 30-some last year. That is, you know, bodes really well going forward for sure. How do you feel about a situation now that Carson Wentz is his new quarterback? I like it. I like it. I'm not a huge Wentz guy, but, you know, he's young enough. Um, I like some of the other pieces there. Um, I think they're well coached. So, yeah, I, I like it overall. Did you uh, did you hear about their acquisition today that they got former uh, Kansas City Chief left tackle Eric Fisher? Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that just came mm-hmm. through. So they had a relatively decent offensive line, and I believe they acquired two more assets in the offseason, um, either right when free agency, I forget who it was they got. I think they, they might have the one, maybe the second best. They have a top five at least offensive line agreed if you if you've got that sitting there with Carson Wentz who is who can be a good quarterback we've seen it from him if he can be protected you've got a solid running back who can run and catch you've got a decent set of receivers T.Y. Hilton's coming back you got Michael Pittman uh Paris uh Paris Campbell who didn't really get a fair shake who might actually get a, a good full season in like man that could be a really good situation. I think Taylor might end up being uh, a top three running back this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all that said, uh, with the 102, um, I'm actually going to take the guy that's number one on my board, and that's Justin Jefferson. Um, just for oh, me. Wow. Yep. Uh, I, I would go Jefferson here just because, um, you know, just the longevity for wide receivers once you see it. You know this guy's for real. You know he's going to be in the league for 10, 12 years. Uh, I got to go for that over running back. Um, the the only hesitation for me is um, words out that uh, Minnesota uh, was looking to take a QB in this draft. So, you know, could be a QB transition coming. Uh, that may or may not be a good thing. I tend to think maybe not. Uh, I think Cousins might be a little... Uh, little disrespected, um, underrated in some ways. I think he's probably a good thing for uh, Jefferson early in his career, but that's that's the 102 for me. Uh, it makes sense, man, especially if you get a young guy who year one produced the way he did, who could have a 10-year-plus career at, at that level as long as he stays healthy. And I think the situation in Minnesota where the career of Kirk Cousins has been tumultuous at best, Yep, And he could have a couple years left with the team, maybe even more depending on their quarterback situation. And I think it was uh, if Justin Fields had fallen far enough for them, they wouldn't have said no. Hmm. Right. They did grab Kellen Mond, I think, in the third round. Um, that's a guy who could probably sit on the bench and cook for, for a little while and see what they got before they have to renegotiate with Kirk Cousins for an extension. And that so, worries me a little. He's he's more of a running QB, it looks like. So that that worries me some. Well, not but, not a bad choice. Uh, definitely surprised me. I would have I would have thought you went running back, uh, which is where I'm going to end up going here at the 103. Uh, I'm going to take my number two guy off the, off the whole list, and that's going to be DeAndre Swift. Not just because he's a Lions, but because I think. Uh, out of the draft class that I saw, he's going to be an absolute beast this year. I think he's going to hold um, enough 
enough attention, get enough opportunities, both in the passing game and in the running game. And he showed enough. Like to me, he should have been the first overall pick, uh, not over Clyde Edwards Lair. Like he would have he would have destroyed if he was on Kansas City. He's a far better athlete, he's a far better running back, he's a far better everything over CEH, in my opinion. And I was disappointed. That's what they took with that last pick at the first round. Uh, but I was happy he fell to my Lions, and I think they're going to utilize him. He's going to be an absolute stud. I figured you'd have to go swift here, and uh, they're just going to force feed him the ball, right? Oh, of he, course. He's they in for big to. things. Yep. They have yep. to. All right. So at the 104, um, I'm going to reach a little. Um, I feel like when you're redrafting, it's a question of uh, – what you saw in year one versus, um, you know, what, what you originally believed. Are you going to stick to your guns? And this is one where I'm going to stick, and that's uh, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, I just believe in the player. I uh, believe in the situation. Baltimore is always going to be a run-first team. So I got to go Dobbins here. I'm, I'm seeing big things this year. Which is really interesting that you went uh, Dobbins because, to me, he showed out uh, really well, but he was stuck in a place where – there was too many choices, and like I think Gus Edwards is still still vulture some from work from him. Definitely, now they invested heavily in some passing targets. I'm I'm still thinking that you're gonna pass more, but man, it's a it's a, it's a gamble when you're looking at the running backs that are in the class. Like he's he's not far off from the top of the charts for sure. It was a tough call, a tough call. Yep. I was staring down one other guy, and I'm curious if you're going to take him here. Yeah, I'm going to go running back again. Like my my first preference is I want to have solid running backs because there's not a lot of depth. And looking back at this draft class, man, there was some solid running backs in this group. Uh, so for me, how the end of the season um, played out is why I'm drafting him here at the 105, and that's Cam Akers. Yep, yep, that's the guy. Yeah, Cam Akers. Uh, Don has got to be like giddy as a schoolgirl right now. This is a guy who's probably going to take over that Todd Gurley role, who's going to get the bulk of uh, the work, and he's going to capitalize and and turn it into something special. He's not going to, yeah, he's not going to be sitting on the bench. He's not gonna he's not going to sit like like the beginning of last year. This is this is the team I think is smart enough to know. Let's let's give this kid the ball. Let's force feed him. You've got a better quarterback than what they had before i think matt stafford's gonna light that uh uh that offense up like he's gonna throw the ball it's gonna open up the running game and they're gonna be able to spread it out like crazy so i expect big things my only downside is i think he might get overworked too early and he'll end up as another girly it's a good pick i i had him in redraft and he he just finished on such a hot streak he uh he set up for big things on an improving offense here for sure. Okay, 106. Um, another tough call. Um, again, I think I got to stick with uh, my original ranks from last year and go C.D. Lamb here. Uh, he looked really good uh, when Dak was on the field. Yep, so I got to I gotta scoop up the top two wide receivers here. Oh, man, I was hoping he would make it make it past you. But, no, that's, not, that's a great pick because he was my next. With a health, healthy uh, Dak Prescott, man, like that kid's going to – He's just going to tear people apart. I think so. Yeah. Like that's that offense and how it was cooking at the beginning of last year. Could you just imagine that if that state, if that train had just kept going, the 6,000 or 7,000 yard season that Dak Prescott was going to have, the 60, 70 touchdowns he was going to throw, like you would have had two receivers approaching the 2,000 yard mark and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Like that was just, oh, it would have been amazing to witness. So I, I think he has it in him, right? So great selection. Yeah. Well, that's really going to make me uh, pivot here because he was def- he was my number one receiver just ahead of Jefferson because I think I think a situation is going to be bear more fruit than Jefferson because as as you mentioned, I don't think Cousins long for the for the Vikings and he's going to have a dip in production as he transitions. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot here and I'm gonna take another running back. I'm gonna go at 107. The value of Clyde Edwards Alaire just being the top dog um, in that high powered offense. And all they did was add McKinnon. Like Jarek McKinnon is now your your backup, which I think is great for McKinnon. Like he had some some great success in San Fran when he was healthy. 
And I think now that he'll be the, the guy that spells uh, CEH off, that just means they're going to force feed that ball to CEH. So I think he's going to be he's going to be good this year. So I take him at the 107. Nice. Nice. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go running back, too. Um, I'll go with uh, the aforementioned Antonio Gibson. Um, got another pass-catching running back here. So uh, I'm pretty happy to have a clear RB1 on a playoff-caliber team. No, for sure. It's a it's a great grab. Uh, looking at this, like man, there was a lot of really good running back depth. I think we're gonna we're gonna be there watching were. these guys for for years. Yep. Yep. Um, well, I'm going receiver then at this point because I I think Brandon Ayuk is the the 109. He's a he's a top ten talent. I think he's going to be in a situation, especially when Trey Lance takes over, that um, his versatility can't be ignored. He can run, he can sweep, he can catch long, short. Got, the kid can do it all. So he's uh, he's my number three receiver on my list, and now 109 off the board. Yeah, I would have taken him there. Um, I'm a little curious with Kittle back on the field. Um, is that you going to be a little more boom bust? But I, I, I like it. He looked really good year one. Okay, um, 110, uh, last pick of the first round. A um, little torn on this one. Um uh, I think I got to stick with T Higgins. Uh, you know, I know Chase is coming in town. Um, I think most everyone believes in the talent, but uh, it's looking up, uh, looking set up to be just a good offense. Uh, and T uh, really showed out year one. So uh, I'll roll with him. I love T Higgins. His, I wanted him everywhere. That was the one guy that I wanted to draft is outside of the first round. Like that was the guy that I targeted every second round draft. Uh, high hopes for him. To me, the Jamar Chase hurts and helps. I think it's going to take time for Jamar to get up to speed and become that one. I think he's going to be the clear one, which keeps Higgins as the two. Yep. But their offense can support two receivers. Yep. But I also like Tyler Boyd. I think it's going to take Tyler Boyd to move on uh, and get another contract somewhere else before we'll see these guys really climb the, uh, the fantasy roster. Yeah, I see Boyd as the slot guy. I, I guess I'm I'm a little less concerned about that. I'm I'm curious how how the red zone targets are going to shake out between Chase and Higgins. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, some one of them one of them is going to clean up this year. I think Burrow, yeah, I think... as long as he stays healthy and stays upright, yeah. uh, one of those guys. Because I don't think both of them. I don't think their offense is going to be good enough to support no. both. I think one of them is really going to light it up. So I would yeah. take my chance on Higgins before I do it on Chase. Yeah. All right, so the 111, I'm going to have to uh... – Or 201 in a 10-man, Oh, right? I guess, yeah. We'll go, we'll go 201. <laughs> that makes more sense. That's right. Um, we're, it's a 10-team league. All right, so the, uh, the 201. Man, James Robinson is still sitting there, and I know that he was running back four, but his situation this year – man, I have to take him there at the 201 just because he had a running back four season. Uh, he was worth the shot. And if they hadn't drafted ETN, he would have been way higher on my rankings board, but I can't let that fall at this point. Cause even if he does get backup duties and ETN takes over, man, I, th- I still think he, uh, he has a decent season. Yeah, I like it. You know, I like, uh, I like the guy. I'd like to root for him. It seems like this new regime uh, is kind of stacking it against him, but I, I, I hope he gets a shot. Yeah. 202, um, I'll go, I'll go Jerry Judy. Um, you know, there looks like, uh, there's so much smoke. There may be some fire to Peyton moving to Denver and, you know, obviously Judy would spike there. So I'll take the chance. Oh, Peyton. (laughs) You mean Rogers? Rogers. Well, you you know, it's funny because that's why I think Denver is going to make the move. They're, they're going to run the Peyton play again. You know, they're going to bring in the ringer QB and uh, steal a Super Bowl. So why not? You've got, I, if you get a quality quarterback in there, that wide receiver room, Jerry, Judy, Sutton, Noah Fant. uh, Now you've got Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon running the ball and their defense is a solid defense when the guys were healthy, but they suffered some injuries, man. So that's, if they land Rogers somehow, Watch out. Kansas City's going to be in trouble. Yeah, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm getting worried. Yeah, I liked I liked Judy. I just didn't like his situation going to a, 
a vacant no man's land with the with the quarterback. Yep. So speaking of which, I'm going to make uh, my pick at 203. Actually, is going to be for this year. I'm going to pivot based upon my charts here. I'm going to go Pittman as my 203, and that's purely because uh, of the offensive line, Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, and the situation that they're in. Uh, so he just jumped over uh, Chase Claypool in my rankings uh, in that situation. I like Pittman. I, I thought he looked yeah. really good in year one. And um, honestly, Hilton, um, probably on the downside of his career, Paris Campbell, I, I don't believe in these guys. So I think Pittman uh, could be huge. Yeah. All right. I'll stick it wide out. Uh, I'll go Chase Claypool. Honestly, I'm not thrilled about the offseason with Juju back. Um, I think Deontay's probably the number one. I think this is B- Big Ben's last year. So a lot of question marks, but. Obviously, Claypool flash, so I'll, I'll take a shot here. Uh, totally worth it, but you got to remember, even a busted-up Big Ben had all three of his receivers as top 20 receivers. Mm. Can you believe that? Busted-up Big Ben had Deontay Johnson, Juju, and Claypool all in the top 20. Always a better uh, fantasy QB uh, than real-life <laughs> than real life QB? Yeah. <laughs> And I agree. Uh, probably his last year. I don't think Juju sticks around. He just did a one-year deal. Uh, and I would love to see Claypool as a Canadian athlete playing down in the NFL. Like, man, I hope he exactly. hope he wins out big. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot away and go to quarterback here because the remaining the remaining talent I want to choose from. I like Joe Burrow at the 205. Nice. He's my number one quarterback out of the class. I think he's the most uh, polished. He's going to be most balanced as long as they keep him healthy and they don't let let people stomp a mud hole on him. Uh, I think he's still the best quarterback in that class. Okay. Um, do, do, do. Nice pick there. I'll, I'll go uh, LaVisca. Um, you know, yeah. uh, the, getting excited uh, about Jacksonville. Um, you know, Shark could very well walk out. Interesting to see um, – uh, what Urban's going to do. So, um, yeah, yeah Marvin yeah, Jones. Like there. And yep. now you've got Tim Tebow as the tight end. Crazy. I didn't think <laughs> oh, it happened. Yeah. No. Oh, man. The, I can just look. I'm looking forward to all of the Tim Tebow memes that we're going to see this year. <laughs> Good for him. I'm glad he's he's making a relevant comeback. Absolutely. Uh, 207 uh, for me is going to be... Oh, man. I'm going to go Gabe Davis, 207. Mm. Mm. I'm going to expect that offense to take another leap forward. They they kept essentially the, the same team together. They did add Emmanuel Sanders in the place of uh, John Brown, uh, who is like nearly 35 years old. So I think they're going to get more use out of Gabe Davis. And the time that he did have, uh, I think he's going to show up. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I'll take my QB. I'll go Herbert. I actually had him edging out um, Burrow. Uh, tough call. Uh, you know, I think both uh, look great. I think you can make a case for Herbert already being a top five um, dynasty QB. Um, you know, I think he could go downfield more this year. So I uh, feel pretty good about that pick there. Yeah, not bad at all. The, Burrow and Herbert are the only two quarterbacks I want from that group. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Oh, he's solid. All right, we're nearing the the end of the list here. I'm going to go Darnell Mooney. <laughs> and I I like the kid. To me, he came out of nowhere. I knew nothing about him. And it was, oh, man. Where, where did I pick up? I can't remember, but I finally, someone or something happened. And it's like, okay, well, I'll check this kid out. I'm not a big Chicago fan to begin with as a, as a Lions fan, so... I don't I don't steer their way very often, but their quarterback play again. I don't I don't go to teams and draft receivers that play for teams with crappy quarterbacks. <laughs> but now that he's got Justin Fields sitting there, it's like, well, I know Allen Robinson's not long for the team, and if he does resign, they're still going to need a number two. And Anthony Miller didn't really shine out. Like, who knows? Oh man, this kid's got talent. Yeah, Darnell Mooney. That's my two oh nine. Nice. All right, uh, pick man. This is it. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't know that this will be a fan favorite, but uh, I'll, I'll go Zach Moss. You know, you got a starting running back here, uh, escape the draft. I'm not totally convinced he's still in the clear. Um, you know, there's some big free agents, Gurley, uh, Le'Veon Bell still out there. Um, but, you know, on a team that wants to run it, I'll take Zach Moss here. Feel feel pretty good overall about him going into the next season. Really? You uh, you feel comfortable that the, they didn't put anybody else on the roster that they still could? But uh, he might be the one over Devin Singletary. Yeah, not a Singletary guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Of the two, I would I would take Zach Moss. But boy, um, if he if he starts hot, I'd I'd flip him. You know. <laughs> oh, for sure. So guys, that um, so that's our top twenty. We had Jonathan Taylor at one. We had Justin Jefferson at two. DeAndre Swift at three. J.K. Dobbins at four. Cam Akers at five. CeeDee Lamb at 6, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 107, Antonio Gibson at 108, the 109 was Brandon Ayuk, T. Higgins at 110, the 201 was James Robinson, the 202 was Jerry Judy, 203 was Pittman, the 204 was Claypool, the 205 was Joe Burrow, 206 was LaVisca Chenault, 207 was Gabe Davis. The 208 was Justin Herbert. The 209 was Darnell Mooney. And the 210 was Zach Moss. Guys that didn't didn't get made make it in the top 20 that were on the cusp. Denzel Mims. He was there. And Cole Komet. Anybody else kind of on that fringe that could have made it in, you think? Well, I'll uh, I'll rub some salt in the wound. Uh top 20 guys that um, got picked in our league that aren't even being talked about. Uh, Henry Ruggs. Ooh, yuck. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, Ooh, that's a burn. Rager, Dylan. Uh, so some of these guys uh, were not, were not as bullish on. No, man. It just goes to show you, you take your shot. You don't know situation opportunities to me. They mean everything uh, even more so than talent. Cause even if you have, a mediocre talent, but you're just fed a lot of opportunities. Your confidence builds and guys can really shine. And then you can get a guy who has all the talent in the world, land in a crappy spot and really not get a chance to get some traction. Nice, uh, nice draft class though. Huh? Looking back. Yeah. I looking back at it, man. Uh, I hope we see when we do this again next year and we're looking at the 2021 draft class, that uh, we're looking at the top 20 and we're, we're impressed at the level of depth that exists. As of right now, though, I do not love this 2020 draft class, mainly because I do not like the situations a lot of these players were put in. They're either buried on depth charts or they're in situations where they're not going to get the opportunities that I think they're going to need uh, to stay relevant on a roster particularly in redraft, but even more so in dynasty that they're going to sit in your taxi squad spots and you're going to have some tough decisions next year because they showed you something, but they didn't get enough uh, to keep their spot on your roster. That's, that's my concern with this draft class that these guys might need two years to cook to really shine. So it might make our waivers really interesting come next year. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Um, that said, while I have everyone's attention, why you listen to this, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw something out there, an idea. Uh, we've had some debate regarding our waivers and keeping them interesting. With a five round rookie draft, we tend to make some serious dart throws, as we saw with the James Robinson pick uh, that uh, the Josh here made last year. If we reduce it to a four round draft, that means there might be more diamonds in the rough out there on the waiver that might might help push guys like myself and, uh, and Andrew to spend their fab money to, to bring those guys off the waiver onto their roster. So if you guys want to think about that before the season starts, maybe we'll have a discussion in the group chat uh, about reducing next year's uh, rookie draft from five rounds to four rounds. So think about it. Let me know what you think. Sounds great. All right, man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, this is our longest episode ever, but I think like 
super fun. I really enjoyed doing this redraft with you, Josh. So thank you very much uh, for sharing that idea and, and bringing it forward. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying doing these podcasts. Um, our draft is coming up this Saturday, so get ready for that. And then the following week, uh, as soon as Donnie comes back down to planet Earth from living the high life of being a newlywed, uh, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get my get to know your league mate league mate episode done for me. So, Josh, anything you want to add before we go? Hey, it's draft week, guys. Get ready. Oh, the hype is and the bug is starting to bite. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for it. I think the first round is going to be super excited. I've done some other drafts in other leagues and. The, the top spots flip-flop from week to week, man. Like, who knows? Like, it's, I'm excited. Like, this is this is why I acquire so many draft picks. It's just so I can play in the draft. Absolutely. It's going to be a good one. Going to be good. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for tonight. I uh, look forward to chatting with you again. And from one poor man to another, if it ain't fun, it ain't worth doing. Night, guys. See you guys.